Welcome back to another edition of the NBA Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Harvey Banks. You can find us on Instagram at NBA Culture, at NBA Culture on Instagram. Just want to give a warning. Apparently today is Take Your Kid to Work Day. So I'm sitting here staring my two-year-old in the eye, wondering if she's going to let me get through this episode or if she's going to take over. But we're going to attempt this anyways, right? Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the Lakers, what's going right, what's going wrong, and where we think this team can actually go. Also, I see a sleeper in the West. I see a sleeper. Let's get into it. We keep it real like jail when we might talk. Honey's no cuz when I'm in a set. Grand Poober is the one who makes they stink box wet. So let me tell you something, lady. When your float is floating, it's all cream and baby. I made this one for the brothers in the party. To find a hearty and dance body to body. Step one. First you grab honey by the waist. Step two. Then you move out of ghetto place. Step three. Then you look a dead in the face. Step four. Now it's time to lead this place. Hold up. Be careful. Of the cheesers, the teasers, the one who wants the money in the visas. I'ma tell honey straight off the back, but please don't even go there with that. Dig it. This one's designed to make the spine in your back wine. Grand poop a nice setup for you every time. And you say New York what? City. Yes, those are books. Can I talk about the Lakers now? <laughs> please? Okay, I'll do some work. Okay, so it seems like the Lakers have given us more headlines than wins this season, um, which I'm not mad at that either. Again, it's it's mad early, right? So understand that even though this podcast today is going to be about the Lakers and what seems to be Laker problems, it's not that serious. It's still early, but these are things that we need. We, we're going to have to keep our eye on, right? Last night, the Lakers picked up their first win against the Memphis Grizzlies team that I really like. Their young core is so good. John Morant looks like he's taken another step. And, like, to me, the next step is, like, MVP caliber play. And that's what that guy is. 40 points, 10 assists last night. Um, Just giving you everything that you could ask for from a point guard, from a young franchise player, right? I really like Memphis, but today, it's unfortunately, it's not about them. It's about the Lakers. And... Before I get deep into the the Lakers conspiracy theories or talk that I want to get into, I want to point out something. Dwight Howard not being on that all 75 team tells me that the team was put together based on popularity or some other factors other than basketball. Because Dwight Howard probably lands somewhere between 45 and 60 on that list. So the fact that he's not even on that list is wild. Dwight Howard, I know what he's been the last five to seven years. I know that people don't like Dwight Howard. People don't like Dwight Howard for valid reasons too. Some of them, right? So I'm not trying to act like this dude. It's, I'm not, there's not going to be a bunch of outrage for Dwight Howard not being on this list just because people don't like Dwight Howard. But when you take that out of it and we're talking basketball, we're talking about somebody that won defensive player of the year for three years, probably could have won it more. But that voting fatigue thing stepped in. We're talking about somebody that was an eight time all star. We're talking about somebody that finished top five 
in MVP voting four times. We're talking about somebody that took a team in Orlando to the finals that had really nobody else when it comes to all-star level talent. They had guys that played up to the role, but like there was nobody like Dwight. That guy's not top 75, especially when I look at some of the names on the list that that made the list. Come on. Come on. Reggie Miller never finished top 10 in MVP voting ever. Not nan, never, 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 never. I'm not saying Reggie shouldn't be there. I don't know. I don't know enough about the history history prior to mid 90s. Right. But I'm telling you. I can't justify Reggie being there and Dwight not. And that's not saying that Reggie doesn't deserve to be there because he may. I'm just saying the fact that Dwight Howard is not on this list is a problem. But let's let's think about why he's not on this list. Dwight Howard is not on this list because Dwight Howard is not the easiest person to get along with. Every single place he goes, somebody wants to fight him. Whether it be his team or the other team, somebody going to swing on Dwight, right? Fast forward to present day. I believe it was game two of the season, and I don't really know what happened on the court. And honestly, I don't really care. They're, they're walking off the court. He and Anthony Davis are having words. Anthony Davis is clearly way up, way more upset than Dwight Howard is. But that's also usually how that goes. He's usually not that upset or he's playing around. And that's part of the reason that people don't really like him that much. But anyways, they have words. It seems to be calming down. Dwight seems to be calming down. Dwight sits down. Anthony Davis is not calming down. He is not with the shits on this night for some particular reason. He continues to pursue Dwight Howard until basically he forces Dwight Howard to stand up. And for a second, it looks like they about to squab on the sidelines, right? So I'm like, damn, it's game two. Y'all had a year break from each other. Like what could be this serious? I personally still don't know. And again, I personally still don't care. Here's why I don't care what the issue was. Two veteran players. Both of these dudes have been in the NBA long enough to know that the optics are everything. They were willing to throw all that shit out the window to air their grievance on the sideline. That tells me these two dudes really just don't like each other. And chemistry is going to play a major role with this team. Now, normally on a LeBron James team, chemistry is the last thing you worry about, right? Because they're going to fall in line. LeBron's going to make sure everybody knows their role, is supported in their role, and held accountable in their role. Because usually it's LeBron James, maybe another superstar, and a bunch of young dudes. Or a bunch of dudes that ain't got the resume to really speak up. So they're going to fall in line because you're happy and lucky to be playing with King James, right? Well, that's not quite the makeup of this Lakers team. 
Also, you got some strong personalities on this team. Let's rank them one through five. Five being probably the strongest. One, we'll go, actually, we'll go in reverse order. Number five, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis doesn't do a whole bunch of talking, but the way that Anthony Davis walks lets you know he's walking to the beat of his own drum. And that includes that LeBron James drum. Like, he needed LeBron James to get a world championship, and he done that. LeBron needed him too. Don't get it twisted. I'm just saying, in Anthony Davis's eyes, why is this just LeBron's team? <laughs> and I get it. Strong personality. It's Who's going to tell Anthony Davis what to do, right? Four, I'm probably going to go with Dwight right here at four. Just because you got to have a, a strong personality to continue to do these things everywhere you go. To have issues with people everywhere you go. And to con- just continue to be you. Even though it be sometimes it would be advantageous to you to shut the fuck up. He can't do it. It's not his personality. He's going to be himself. And that takes strong character. But it doesn't always work. But it takes strong character. Number three, LeBron James. You got LeBron James on this team. And let me tell you. LeBron is the leader of any organization he is a part of, period. Don't matter what the fuck his role is. He is the leader. So when he walks in the room, he expects everyone else to just fall in line because he's earned that. And that has been highly successful for him on and off the basketball court. Right. So it's hard to tell a guy that's had that kind of success. Hey, dog, maybe you don't have the answer for this one. It's just hard to do. Number two, my guy, Carmelo Anthony. Carmel, the reason that Carmelo Anthony is still in the league is because he do it his own way. His perseverance, his personality. Carmelo Anthony is his own man. Always has been. Always will be. He's just a little different, bro. He's the one person on the team that I don't think LeBron would even try, would even try to like tell, thank you, Zoe, <laughs> tell him what to do. You know what I mean? Because he's also built up a resume. Last night, he became number nine on the all-time scoring list. That that boy, Melo, good, dog. And if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know I've always been a Carmelo fan. Had the Oak Hill High School jersey, dog. Like, I seen this dude in person when I was a, I might have been an eighth grader about to go into a freshman. He's playing in some little tournament in Lexington, Kentucky. And I remember the gym was, there was a track above the gym because it was one of them like rec center things, right? Where it was a bunch of gyms in there. And like, I remember watching over the rail and looking down and seeing this dude on the basketball court with high school dudes, and that's when I knew, like, oh, yeah, I'm never going to be that. <laughs> like, that is different. And then he goes on to Syracuse and national championship, and, you know, the rest is history. But it's hard to tell a dude like that what to do. You know what I mean? He's his own person, and when he when he chose to come to be a Laker, he chose to be a Laker. But y'all know the Lakers, y'all going to have to do this the way I do this, 
right? Because this bronze team, this is y'all's organization. It's bigger than me, but y'all bringing me in to do me because that's mellow. We had three, two. He was two. I'm going to put him at three. Number two is Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo is great because of his personality. Rajon Rondo also, bless you, has also been pissing people off since college days. Seen a lot of Rajon Rondo when I was younger, too. That fine state of Kentucky. And let me tell you, the Rondo that you see now is the Rondo that I seen then. Is the Rondo that they had in Boston. Is the Rondo that helped this team win a championship a couple years ago. That's the same guy. Is the Rondo that had issues in Dallas, Boston, everywhere else he's been. Because he's very strong-willed. And when Rondo believes he's right about something, ain't no back down in Rajon Rondo. And most of the time, he ends up kind of being right. You bring him in because you call him a what? He's a floor general. LeBron James is a floor general. And that brings me to my number one personality on that team. Russell Westbrook. My absolute favorite player to watch play basketball is Russell Westbrook. The reason that is, I don't have to question if he's giving his everything ever, ever. Because I know that Russell Westbrook, if nothing else, is going to give 110% always. He's also going to call out the people that aren't giving 110% always. And Russell Westbrook believes that he's the best player on the floor every single night he steps on the floor. Even when he's not. But it doesn't matter because that belief is what makes him him. Now, we have this collection of gumbo that has a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of spicy parts to it. How do we mold this together to cut some of the spice, but we still need the spice because the spice kind of gives it that kick that makes it different than the other gumbos out there. It's a difficult task to manage. And I don't know that Frank Vogel is the one to manage that. I also have some experience with Frank Vogel, right? Frank Vogel was the longtime Pacers coach through my favorite Pacers teams. And he was unceremoniously let go on some bullshit. But hey, Frank's, the criticism of Frank here in Indy was he didn't seem to have control of the locker room. He was a player's coach. Players like to play for Frank Vogel because, you know, sometimes you might be able to get over on Frank, right? These nice guy coaches, you know, you never know how it's going to go. So to to orchestrate a team such as this, with all this personality, with all this history, with all these ways, can you teach old dogs new tricks? Well, if we're judging by the first three games, nah. I will say this, though. In Russell Westbrook's defense, 
I believe that his numbers have dwindled because he's trying to figure out his best role with this team. And to me, that is growth for Russell Westbrook. And that's all the Lakers could ask for. Because that things like that are, are going to work themselves out over time. And so kudos to Westbrook for like, you can tell he's thinking about it. Okay, what's my role? How can I best do what I do in this system? Um, the problem with the Lakers to me is, is it's a basketball issue. Number one. And you cannot win in the NBA if you don't have shooters. The Lakers have people that can shoot the three, but they don't necessarily have three-point shooters. And that was evident in game one against the Warriors. When I felt like you're getting a great performance out of LeBron because he's shooting well from three right now. But the Lakers still don't have necessarily a three-point shooter. They just got some guys that can shoot the three. Over the course of 82 games, I don't know if you're going to win enough games. I just don't. Not with the league the way it currently is. Also, I'm very concerned for the health of this team. I seen LeBron James go down last night. Normal basketball collision, someone lands on his leg. The collective gasp that you felt was like, oh my God, is he going to get up? (laughs) And don't get me wrong, LeBron James is the premier athlete that we've had, period. But Father Time is undefeated. And I'm starting to see little things in LeBron's game that tells me things are changing. Not in his ability to score the basketball, dribble, shoot, dunk. Little things like fast break, he's the only one back. LeBron James a few years ago is going to hard jump at the ball, back itself to the paint, and be ready to defend whatever you whatever comes his way. Now LeBron James reaches out and takes that foul. Stop this fast break. And I'm seeing a lot of Lakers take these stop the fast break fouls. That right there tells me that they're making business decisions mad early. Those are natural basketball instincts. As you get older, you just play the game eh, slightly different ways. This is a concern to me because, like, it's hard to get better past that. Like, the Lakers are going to grow as a team. And they're going to be better than what we've seen in these first three games. I fully believe that. But I believe they're just going to get, let's say, 10% better. There's a team in Golden State that I think we're going to look up in March and be like, holy shit. That team, which hasn't been beat yet, is 75% better than they was at the beginning of the season. Once they get Klay Thompson back, the Golden State Warriors are instantly a problem again. Because then they got the veterans, they got the shooting, they got the ball handling, and they got some young bulls 
who ain't afraid of anything anymore because they suffered through last season. And they grew from that. Jordan Poole is better. Wiggins is better due to last season and the struggles. Like these guys are here and ready. And that's the biggest thing I think keep that's going to keep the Lakers from winning a championship this year. And it sounds so crazy to say now because I get it. Yo, the Warriors was awful last year. Also, we don't even know what's going on with Wiseman yet. That guy's coming back too. I don't know if he's going to be better from last year because I have serious questions about Wiseman and his motor. But again, this team, as presently constructed, also as going to be in addition to when they get that other dude that should have been on that 75 list back, it's going to be a problem. I don't see the Lakers getting out of the West. I just don't. Because I don't see him getting past Golden State. I don't. And then I don't know if Golden State can get past a healthy, like a fully healthy Utah team. Also, when's Kawhi going to be back? I don't know that Golden State or the Warriors get past a healthy Kawhi and Paul George, who's been playing great this season so far. Now, I think I would take both the Lakers and the Warriors over the Clippers, but I think that's some. You're just going to move your chair in, huh? Kids have no respect, (laughs) especially toddlers. What's up, baby? What you want? This chair wasn't good enough? So, yeah. Anyways, I have concerns about the Lakers. I know some of you do, too. Um But this is where we stand. This is what we have. It's early. I know it's early. But some of these things that I raised today feels like it feels like forever problems. This team is going to get better. But I cap the Lakers win this year. Win total at 50. Just because. I'm concerned. (laughs) It's not level 10 concern, but I'm concerned. Sometimes you have to look at the non-basketball things. You know, the non-shooting percentage things. The things like, what are they instinctively doing? How does it feel? How does it look? LeBron looks different. Now, it could be LeBron just knowing everything and knowing that I ain't really got to do none of this shit until February. It could be, but I would caution the Lakers to be very careful with that approach because they could very well find themselves so far behind in the standings that they then have to kick it into overdrive. 